Hey queens and kings, this is Sharana Reeves and you are listening to the 20th episode of These Three Things podcast. It's good to be back with you guys this week. Um, I am still getting feedback from last week's episode with Mignon, so um, I can't wait to tell you guys about that. But first, I have a question. So since it's been really cold outside, and it's gotten cold down here in Savannah, uh, it's been in the 30s in the morning, and then by the afternoons, it's probably around 50 or so, close to 60, but it's really cold in the mornings, and I'm just wondering, like, when it's cold, what are you guys making for dinner? Are you doing soups, stews? Are you? Do you guys have any crockpot meals that you'd be willing to share? If you have a good crockpot meal or a good soup or a good stew, please send it to me at these3thingspodcast at gmail.com. Now, let me tell you, keep it simple because I can cook, but I'm not the cook. So don't send me a recipe with a lot of stuff on it because I'm probably not going to do well. But if it's pretty simplified, maybe, you know, three to five ingredients, you know, seven somewhere in there, I'm probably going to do well. And I'm really looking to, you know, make something that's kind of warm and that will stick to your bones. I've been making a lot of chili. So no chili recipes, please, because I've been doing that. And I've got a pretty good chili. Um but I'm looking for something different. So if you have something that's good that you're willing to share, these three things podcast at gmail.com, email it to me and I will make it between this week's episode and next week's episode and share what I thought about it, if it was good, how well I did on it and keep you posted about it. So thanks in advance for those of you who are going to send me a recipe. Now, back to my 20th episode. Now, y'all knew I was going to get an applause for that. If you've been listening, you knew an applause was coming for that. <laughs> uh, I am excited about it being my 20th episode. I am a numbers person. I won't go into it, but just check out the number 20 when you have a moment and look it up and, and uh, learn about what the number 20 means. And I don't think it's by happenstance that my 20th episode is about black women and faith. I don't think that's by happenstance. And I also don't think it's by happenstance that this episode, the 20th episode, is following behind the Mignon Francois entrepreneur episode. Because Mignon's faith was just, if her faith alone did not push you to continue to go after your goals and your dreams, I don't know what will. I had women reach out to me on Facebook, on Instagram, on the website, these3-things.com, and tell me that they were actually dealing with some of the very same things that Mignon has dealt with or had dealt with um, right now while they, while they are trying to start a business. So um, I just encourage you women, you know, I, it meant a lot to hear from you guys sharing about uh, where you are and what your experiences are. And I so appreciate that. And I say that every episode because I really do. It just lets me know that um, what the work that I'm doing is, is reaching people. And um, I appreciate that. So thank you. We got to give a shout out to somewhere in the world that is listening to these three things. 
this country is number two in my worldwide listening audience for downloads. And I got to give them a shout out. Canada comes first, and then the next is the UK. Thank you, United Kingdom. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to these three things podcast. I appreciate it. I am happy when I see you guys up on um, my listens on the downloads. I'm always happy. Thank you for listening to these three things podcast. So now let's get into today's episode, Black Women and Faith. Uh, What has kept us black women more than our faith? It is our cornerstone. It is our bedrock. It is what sustains us. It is what has kept us in our right mind. We have a long history with faith, black women, and I felt like it was a conversation that needed to be had. And fortunately, I got to have it with some of my friends, with Sandra, Dion, Takesha, and Georgette. We had a a lot of fun recording this episode. This is a two-part episode, so at the end of this episode, we will not have three things, but we will at the end of the part two episode. So I'm looking forward to you guys listening to my conversation with my friends, Black Women and Faith. Enjoy. Hey, queens and kings, this is Sharana Reeves, and you are listening to These Three Things podcast. I want to to introduce some super special ladies to you guys today, and I'm going to start with Miss Sandra, Georgette, Takesha, and Dion. Welcome to These Three Things, ladies. These ladies I have um, a great relationship with, and I'm super excited for for them to be with me today. We're going to be talking about black women in our faith, and this is a subject that a lot of us can talk about, and just how our faith has carried us as black women from the beginning until this very moment, and what our faith is to us. But if you have been listening to these three things, you know that I always like to talk about how I know the people that I'm doing an episode with. So I'm going to send it to Miss Sandra. 
and she's going to talk about how, because this is, Sandra is the person that I met first. So I'm going to let her discuss how we initially connected and then how we all got connected after that. Okay. Um, we met, um, we were a member of Impact Church Savannah, and um, it was a Sunday um, when we were launching our small group. And that particular Sunday, I remember having on a small group shirt, and um, I was up for doing altar call. And it was crazy that um, that was my first Sunday actually doing the intercessory prayer altar call. <laughs> and I was standing there, and you came up for prayer. Sharana came up for prayer, and we prayed, and um, she went back to her seat, and God just spoke to me to connect with her and invite her to come to the small group. And it was crazy because... You know, the church probably had over a couple hundred members that Sunday, and I stood there looking for her, and I really believe she was looking for me, too. And I went up to her, gave her a card, shared with her that we were launching a small group, and I wanted to invite her to be a part of it. And um, our small group kicked off, I think it was um, it was in 2019, September 2019. Yep. And um, we just connected, and the name of the small group was Discovering the Unstoppable You, and it was birthed from um, my ministry movement, S3 Unstoppable Faith Movement, where I encourage women to have faith in God and faith in themselves to discover the unstoppable you. Yes. And that's how we met. Yeah. And, yeah. And from that group, I met Dion, mm -hmm. Takesha, and Georgette. Mm -hmm. And we were all in that group for how long? 13 weeks. 13 every weeks. Every Monday. Every Monday for yeah. 13 weeks. Yeah. And I have to say, you know, I had never done that before ever. Mm -hmm. I'd never really been a part of a small group. Yeah. You know, in my mind, I always say, you know what, that seems like a good small group to join, but I'd never actually joined it. Mm -hmm. And this time I really, you know, because you came and personally invited me, right. you know, I, I said in my mind, and I think I told y'all that I said, well, I'm going to go one time and if yes. it ain't good, I ain't coming back, you know. <laughs> and the crazy <laughs> thing about it was that was the first time I actually did a small group. Yeah. At the church. Yeah. yeah. And we just bonded. Yes, we did. You know, I really do think our group was heaven sent. You mm -hmm. know, and any of y'all can just jump in and talk about it, you know, if you want to here in this moment. But I really do feel like that all of us were there for a reason. Mm -hmm. yeah. We all needed to be there. Right. And I love that you had the, you were listening to the Holy Spirit when other people were trying to go join the group right. once we'd gotten started, that mm -hmm. you were like, no, mm -mm. this is it. This is who's supposed to be here, and we're not allowing anybody else in. Right, because we had already developed a bond just from the first night. Yeah. Mm -hmm. of, you know, And I really believe you know, from the, the time where you guys signed up for the group and I sent out the introductory letter of what it was going to be, yep. be about, we connected. Mm -hmm. So even before we got to the meeting, we had already connected, mm -hmm. and we all came expecting something from God, and we knew that, you know, this was a bond that we could trust each other, yeah. and it was a safe place that we could grow in our faith, yeah, and heal from, you know, things that we've been dealing with, yes, because, you know, the Bible says that without faith, it's impossible to please God, yes, and even I remember when um, developing the small group, mm -hmm. it was about faith, you know, and I wanted to keep it on the focus of having mm -hmm. faith in God, having faith in ourselves, mm -hmm. and finding the things that God had already placed inside of us yes. that we needed to discover and bring out to the world. Yes. Yeah. And I felt like at that time, like all of us were kind of like going through some things mm -hmm. that 
we all just kind of unloaded the first night and yes. just really openly just talked freely about what we were dealing with. And that to me was really powerful. Mm -hmm. And I tell Georgette this all the time and I know that she, you know, and a lot of you listeners, if you've heard the name Georgette because Georgette was in season one on mm -hmm. the episode uh, about grief. Mm -hmm. And that has been a very popular episode. Mm -hmm. So that episode has really yeah. touched a lot of people with Georgette sharing her story about losing, um, her children, but I just remember sitting in that meeting doing all that crying because mm -hmm. y'all know that's all I did. Y'all just <laughs> go ahead and say it. And there she goes. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, you know, she crying. <laughs> she over there crying. You know, and I just, and first of all, I have never done anything <laughs> like that before in my life. And I'm she like, said that too. But the thing is, you came in and you got your spot and you were like, you know, you can look at your body language, like, okay, right. let me see what this is going to be yeah. about. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden, the atmosphere, you know, it was freedom. Right. Yes. yes. Yeah. In your spot by the door. In the yes. Because yes. 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 I, yes. I was yes. like, I'm going to sit out. right here by the door. Because <laughs> if this goes left, I'm just going to get up and leave. And, man, all I did was cry the whole time. But I think that all of us sharing our stories and what we were going through at that time really helped me put some things into perspective. Mm -hmm. Because I'm over here crying about a lost job. You know what I'm saying? And it was more to it than that. But at the end of the day, that's really what it what it was. Right. And then Georgia shared, you know, when she started telling her story about the fact that she had lost all three of her kids, I felt like, you know what, really? Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> yeah. You over here talking about a job. <laughs> like, you over here crying about a job, you know. You can get another job. Right. And so I just feel like we all, like, indirectly, like, by sharing our stories and talking to each other, we were healing each other mm -hmm. right. yes. as we talk, as the word healed us as well. Mm -hmm. You guys have been a joy. We all get together at different times except Takesha, because Takesha is the young one out of the group. She, <laughs> we're all her aunties. <laughs> yes. But we wanted a younger person in the group. Yeah. Takesha, how old are you? 33. Okay, yeah. We wanted a younger perspective here as well, you know, of just your faith walk and for the young ladies who are going to be listening that's around your age. Takesha, mm -hmm. and you are a very accomplished woman in your career. Yes. And mm -hmm. I want for women who are in the in the space that you are or or are trying to get where you are to hear a word from a sister who is already in leadership at such a young age and how your faith is carrying you you know through that process so we'll i will tell you that uh the first night of the small group that actually made me not want to come back because everybody was sharing their stories and i'm like well she's talking about jobs and kids and marriage and mr just telling her business and everybody else but I haven't done any of those things. I'm just here, and I'm the youngest person in the room, and I don't know if I can connect. And then Miss Sandra said something. She said, when you talk about faith, you're going to get tests. Tests are going to start to pop up. I was like, whoop, that's not what I signed up for. So <laughs> this is nice. All of these are really <laughs> nice ladies, and I'm sure I can learn something from them, but we're going to go to counseling instead. Now, okay? <laughs> that's what we're going to do this semester. We're just going to try a small group again. And I was talking to my mom about it on the way home, and she was like, oh, you're going back next week. I was like, oh, okay, yes, ma'am. <laughs> yeah. And I came back every week, and I think it took me a while to just open up because I was like, all right, God, where yeah. is my place in this? Like, right. these ladies are literally old enough to be my mom and my aunties, and I don't like some of my aunties. But <laughs> I, I found my place, and I'm like, well, I may not be able to relate to everything, but there are nuggets and things in mm -hmm. everybody's mm -hmm. life that mm -hmm. I'm going to need yeah. down the road. Right, yeah. right. And so it, 
it helped me in more ways than than I, I recognized at the point. Yeah. Um, yeah. We were happy to have you too. Yes. Yeah. You know, a little yeah. young, little young spirit. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yes. Yeah. It's something God gonna do with all that wisdom that you was exactly. getting in that room. Oh yeah. Exactly. It wasn't by happenstance. You no. ended it was ordained by God for you to be there yeah. with us. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Everybody I, was ordained by God yeah. to be in that. Yeah. I do. That's I do group. believe. I really that. believe that. Okay, so Sandra, you mentioned Unstoppable Faith Movement. Can you tell uh, our listeners more about Unstoppable Faith Movement and why you started it? Okay, Unstop- and what and also what what it, what you do in Unstoppable Faith Movement and why you started it? Okay, Unstoppable Faith was officially launched um, September of 2016, mm-hmm. and the reason why Unstoppable Faith was launched it was um, a ministry that God had given me years ago that I just ran from doing. Mm. But in 2013, I was diagnosed with Hodgkin's lymphoma stage three, and that's a blood cancer. Okay. And um, after going through several rounds of treatment, the cancer was recurrent and and incurable. Um, The only thing they said that they could do would be a stem cell transplant. And at that time, my whole faith, even though I had faith, it went to a whole different place in God. Because I heard the doctor's report that it was a 50-50 chance that I would not be able to live. And at that time, I remember giving God a complete yes. And that yes included doing ministry. Mm. And at that time, it was a faith test. And so I could not stop believing God to be a healer. So it became unstoppable faith. And at first it was Unstoppable Faith Ministry, Mm -hmm. but I wanted to be a movement because I wanted to reach everybody. Yeah. I don't want it just to be a segment that only people that saved, I want to reach those that's not saved to know that they need to be saved. They need to get to know God. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so, um, I'm free from cancer, cancer, I'm healed. Glory to God. Glory to God. Um, and it truly was, um, nothing but faith, just trusting God to be a healer. Mm. And I remember um, when the doctor said the cancer was recurrent and inoperable, had to have a stem cell transplant, and the cancer was so aggressive that they didn't have time to find a donor that they collected my stem cells and froze my stem cells and gave me three more aggressive rounds of treatment. Mm -hmm. And the thing when they collected my stem cells, there was no medical testing mm-hmm. to test if they collected cancer cells mm-hmm. or good cells. I just had to believe God that while those cells was being frozen, that he was going to work a miracle. And when they gave them back to me, my body would accept them yeah. and I will be healed. Yeah. And I remember praying. I did this um, stem cell transplant was in September um, 2014. And I went for a PET scan in October. And um, the doctor said that they would, no, I'm sorry, November. The doctor said they would give me a call around Christmas, Mm -hmm. you know, for the results. And Christmas came and no call. Mm -hmm. And I remember fasting from Christmas to New Year's Day. And I kept telling God, Lord, if you heal my body, you let me hear the report that I'm healed. Mm -hmm. I will do ministry full time for you. I will let people know that you're a healer. I will let people know what faith in you Mm -hmm. would do. And it was December the 31st, around 4-something in the afternoon, when I got a call from my oncologist to let me know that I was cancer-free. Jesus. Yeah. Okay. So I want to ask you a question about uh, Unstoppable Faith Movement Mm -hmm. uh, again. Well, no, let me just go ahead and ask that question. So what do you do? Okay, so you found out you're cancer-free December 31st. Uh Uh-huh. 
Okay, so then how did your movement start? How did you so, start? Where how, The process. Tell so me the process through of prayer it. prayer and asking God what to do. So how can I let people know about what you do, you know, that you're a healer? How can I let people know about faith? Mm-hmm. So definitely I use social media. Um, I was going to launch the conference because God was like, do a conference that Friday night. It was a real testimony service mm-hmm. where people would share a testimony of healing what God has done, what God has delivered them from. Yeah. So 2015 um, was the year that I was supposed to launch the first conference. Mm-hmm. My mom got sick. And in September, she was in the hospital. Mm. And the doctor's report was not favorable at that time. Yeah. And so my focus was I needed a miracle for my mom. So it did not launch in fifteen of um, 2015 of September. So 2016, we launched the first conference. And it was a Friday and Saturday. Yeah. And it was Unstoppable Faith Conference. And yeah. where we shared testimony. I shared my testimony of what God has done. I shared the mandate, what I felt like God was telling me to do was to empower people Mm -hmm. to have faith in him and to trust him and that we can overcome anything that we go through. Uh, According to the word of God in Revelation 12 and 11, I believe it says, and we overcome him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of our testimony. Mm -hmm. So God allow us to go through things in life. It gives us a testimony that we can tell somebody else what God can do. Yeah. And so that's how Unstoppable Faith got started. So not only do I do the conference, um, I did the small group, mm-hmm. and that's how we all met. Mm-hmm. Um, I do Trevelli to Win uh, prayer gathering where we come together and pray. Mm-hmm. Um, we do a night of laughter and comedy, a comedy show where mm-hmm. we bring people together because mm-hmm. laughter is just like medicine to heal people. Yes. Mm-hmm. So God has given several things that, um, you know, that we do with Unstoppable Faith. We have a book, Intentional Faith, A Real Testimony of Unstoppable Faith, mm-hmm. and I have um, two uh, prayer journals. Wow. Yeah. Okay, so tell me the moment when the doctor says that you are cancer free. What happened like in inside of you like to know that you had given God a complete yes mm-hmm. as you say and believing and fasting and praying and then to receive that report when it was so bad over here mm-hmm. to know that you are cancer free. Just can you can you put that emotion in in words? <laughs> <laughs> um, I think at that moment I had new life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, because I don't know if anyone heard a report where the doctor said and the thing was, I remember when he told me that it was a 50-50 chance. My kids was in that room. Mm -hmm. My brother was in that room. I could not express no emotions Mm -hmm. because at that moment, they were looking to see how I was going to handle it. Right. To take their cue on. To take their cue on. Mm -hmm. That was the moment where they would know whether, okay, she's going to fight to live Mm -hmm. or we better cherish every moment from this day forward. Mm -hmm. So when I got the call, and the thing was, the oncologist called me himself. It wasn't a nurse that called. Mm-hmm. It was the doctor <laughs> himself that called. And he was like, I want to give this report. Went, but my prayer was, <laughs> and the thing was, I remember praying to God and said, Lord, I don't want to go into another year dealing with cancer mm. because I was diagnosed in 2013. And the call came December 31st, 2014. That's the last day of the year. Mm. That was like seven hours before midnight. Mm. My God. So it turned everything around for my life Mm. because 
not only did that God heal me, mm-hmm. but he heard my prayer when I said, I don't want to go in another year dealing yeah. with cancer. See, that right there to me is just worth shouting because yeah. to know that God heard specifics exactly. and, and answered them specifically. specifically. Yeah. I mean, to the point of it was December 31st. Mm. Mm-mm-mm. And I re- and the thing was, not only did he answer at that time, but there was a young lady because I was at the eye doctor. I had to get new glasses because you know you have that plan. I don't even can't think of the name of it now. But you get the some flex card. Yeah, you have money left on it yeah. for the year, and you need to and spend you it. Got or you to lose spend it. it. Yep. So I'm like, let me go just get some frames, you yeah. know, because I always can use eyeglasses. Yes. And the young lady that was helping me, I remember the phone ringing, and I missed the first call. Mm-hmm. So I got the phone out my purse, and I was like, hmm, I had a call from Emory. Now, I don't know what the call was going to be, but mm-hmm. I was like, someone just called from Emory. And I started sharing with her. I said, you know, dealing with cancer since 2013, I'm praying, God, that I don't want to deal with this no more. I'm going to church tonight. I need a testimony. Yeah. And this young lady was in a backslidden spot. Mm. Mm. Perfect timing. Perfect timing. Perfect. So the phone rang again, and I said, hello. And I'm like, glory to God in the eye doctor. Because yeah. I'm oh, like, yeah. you know, I didn't care who hear That's this. Right. Listen, I'd have tore it up. Okay. <laughs> it would have been no glasses on the rack. <laughs> I'd have taken all the glasses off. I'm like, <laughs> you know, first thing I got to do, I got to get up and do a run. Because, right. you know, I'm like, exactly. I'm like, hey, that's Dr. Jalila. He yeah. just said, I'm cancer free. Yes. And this lady was like. I'm going to church tonight. Yeah. You know, this is what she said. I'm changing my life. Right answer. That's the answer that you have after something like that. Yeah. And, and I was like, listen, you don't know my story, Yeah. but you know, the God that I serve, that he just gave me an answer Mm -hmm. that I've been waiting for since 2013. Yeah. I said, he has told me that I'm healed. Even though we believe the word of God, by his stripes, we are healed. Yeah. But we still have to hear the doctor's report. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. So we can walk around believing, knowing that we heal. But mm-hmm. until you get the clearance that say that this is it. Yeah. So on that night, that afternoon, that was the story. That, that Your was, faith was on a million after that, wasn't it? It was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, nothing could stop my faith. Yeah. Mm. Nothing, you know? Yeah. And of course, don't think that since then my faith has oh, not been tested. Absolutely, we know that. Yes, <laughs> we gonna get to that. Okay, we're coming to that. Yeah. We're coming around oh, yeah. to that. Yeah. But oh, yeah. in that moment, I'm yeah. just thinking about you couldn't tell me nothing. I'm faith in everything. Mm-hmm. Like you know, I'm, you know, just the impossible mm-hmm. because you just experienced it. Oh yes, mm-hmm. because we're so quick to and easy to believe the report of the doctor when mm-hmm. the doctor said, you know, not knowing that he's Jehovah Rapha. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You and know what I'm saying? That he's so, already healed us. Yeah. And I mean, I remember at times when I was getting my treatment, there were people sitting next to me. They were planning their home going because mm-hmm. they were not going to take another treatment. You said the devil is alive. I, that's what I said. Mm-hmm. I said, babe, are you sure you want to stop? I'm like, because God's going to heal you. Yeah. But it's your choice. Yeah. I mean, if your faith is this is it, then you have agreed to death. Okay, so let me ask you one more question, and we gonna we gonna go on because this right here is enough. Just to, yeah, we might have should have did a whole show on this. Yeah. <laughs> because, like for this real. is a lot for real. Yeah. you know, yeah. like so when you say you gave God a complete yes, mm-hmm. what is a complete yes? Because I know there's a listener that wants to know. Okay, well I want to give him a complete yes. What does that consist of? Like, what is a complete yes? Complete yes is that if the word of God says. I cannot 
do this. Mm-hmm. This is a sin. Mm-hmm. That means that I can't do that anymore. Oh, mm-hmm. mm. mm-hmm. that's going to get some of y'all. If it goes <laughs> against the word of God. Yeah. That's not a complete yes. Mm-hmm. Mm. That's a, a yes to my flesh mm. or a yes to you, God. Because there's going to be certain things that my flesh is going to want, but the word of the Lord says, do not, don't do that. Mm-hmm. Girl. So a complete yes is yes to your will and to your way. Yes. Hallelujah. Not only am I going to trust you, I'm going to obey you. Yes. Mm-hmm. So many times people want to trust God, but they don't want to obey God. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. But a complete yes is I trust you and I obey you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That if it stinks to you, it stinks to me. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And sin stinks to God. So can I continue sin? Yeah. No. no. Yeah, that's right. So complete yes is, okay, mm. according to your word, God, that's how I'm going to live my life. You are listening to these three things podcast, and we'll be right back. If you want to find more information about this episode and my guest, Go to www.these3-things.com. Go to our podcast page and click on this episode. You know, you need a move from God. It's going to take a complete yes. It's going to take a complete yes. Yeah. Because one thing we fail to realize is Satan is the accuser of the brethren. Mm -hmm. So he knows when we do wrong. So immediately he's going to go back. And he's going to say, well, Sandra said she wasn't going to sin, but Sandra's sinning. Mm-hmm. So how are you going to answer her prayer? Mm-hmm. God can't go against his word. And not only does he take that to try to take it to the Lord, but he does it to you. Well, yeah. I don't even know why you praying because you know what you just did. Exactly. You know what you just yeah. said. Exactly. Or, you know. yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Mm, that's so good. That's so good. We're going to circle back around to that. Okay. But I want to ask you guys. Okay. So we all met. A year ago, mm-hmm. it's been a year, and we're all in very different places, you know, since then, and better places. Highs and lows in between, right. but mm-hmm. in a better place overall. Would we all agree with that? Yes. Okay. Yes. So was faith talked about in your home? Was Christianity and faith something that you grew up with? Oh, absolutely. So I grew up in church, um, Sunbeam Choir, Praise Dance Team, Vacation Bible School, all the schools. You said Sunbeam Choir. Sunbeam Choir. Is that the little ones? Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. okay. okay. <laughs> the same way and nobody can clap on beat and everybody yells. Yes, yes. okay. So we, uh, my family, we did everything in church. Um, my, my parents, really my mom, I think my dad came up a, a little later in life, but really my mom, like that's the place where we stayed. Uh, we had some things going on in the home, and church just became the solace. Um, my parents divorced, and when they divorced, um, they both went through this really religious phase. And so uh, anytime we heard my mom praying, we kind of sent the signal to the siblings, like, she praying, so either you're going to go in your room and close the door or you're going to leave because yeah. you're going to be praying too. And then my dad <laughs> had this one tape that he would listen to, and it was a cassette tape that he would listen to one side, and he would flip it over and listen to the other side and flip it over and listen to the other side, and that's all we had. Um, because for them, like they were going through things and they, and they clung to it. And so, um, through hearing my mom pray and like seeing her go through her hard times, but never giving up, mm-hmm. it taught me that that's what I had to do. Yeah. Um, I remember growing up in church and hearing the old people say, you'll understand it when you get older mm-hmm. and you'll understand, uh, yeah. why your parents make you do such and such things. 
And I was like, oh, okay, well, they're just saying that just like they say time is winding up, too. Like, right. Yeah, just talk. And then I remember. He coming back soon. Right, like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> coming. Y'all keep saying this song. He ain't here. Let me go play or something. But I remember moving away from home and going through stuff and being like, hmm, this is hard. And when things got hard in the house, I heard my mom praying. So mm-hmm. let me go try to pray something, too, mm-hmm. and see what happens. And it's like, you know, when you're really trying to, like, learn your faith by yourself, like, you're away from home, you don't have anybody to watch over your shoulder to make sure you're going to church and reading, like, you really just out on your own. Yeah. And I remember being like, well, I don't know what I'm supposed to say, and I know I can't pray like my mama because she prays too long. So <laughs> I'm going to just sit here and just start talking and just start opening mm-hmm. my mouth, and then... I'll start to figure it out. Yeah. And so from seeing that model of just like seeing her go through that stuff and, and seeing her pray, that's what really helped me grow in my faith and really yeah. just helped me develop my own relationship because I had to learn, you know, it's not enough just to go to church. Yeah. It's yeah. not enough just to open the Bible and not understand what's going on. Like you got to have your own relationship. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and for me that, that was helpful, but I definitely spent a lot of time in church. I'm just a proud auntie right now. Yes. <laughs> yes. Ain't we just yeah, proud yeah, auntie? Yeah, yeah. You know, yes. just, we just cheesing like, you know, like we created her. <laughs> you know, well, kudos to a praying mama. Yes, exactly. Kudos to a praying mama. Yes. Dion, did you grow up with um, faith in your home, talking about Christianity and faith as a young girl? Yes, um, we did that. Um, my grandfather and my grandmother, um, you had to go to church. Mm-hmm. There was no if ands. If you can go to the club on Saturday, you better be in church on Sunday. That's my grandmother's motto. Okay. My grandfather was, he better not look for you because <laughs> you need to be there on the second pew. Mm. That's where that's where he wanted to see you. My grandfather was a stickler for church, meaning you, unless you were the pastor, you didn't ask for a salary. Everything you gave, you gave with your heart, your hands, and your treasure. That was that was his model. Okay. So we grew up believing that. Um, my mother and my father had a had uh, their faith and their beliefs in Christ, and we followed my grandfather's model. But my faith is a little different uh-huh. because I tend to go deep mm-hmm. with God. I don't I don't like melancholy mm-hmm. faith patted on the back. No, God and I need to have a serious conversation. Yeah, well, he you said, know. "I'd rather you be hot or cold." Yeah, yeah, and mm-hmm. and that's how I kind of grew up. My church was it's a beautiful church, but they never really went hot. Mm-hmm. You know, they never really went hot with anything. Mm-hmm. It was kind of lukewarm, pretty yeah. much, or ice cold. Right. Yeah, honestly. Right. Yeah. Um, and so now being forty nine, and being in the church that I am now in Hope City, this is it's a it's a different type of worship a different type of faith yeah you know what i'm saying and i credit my grandfather for instilling having a relationship with christ Mm -hmm. and he prayed and he sang and he did this and he did that but i never really saw my family give it all to god there was no fasting there was there was none of that and there's nothing wrong with that it's just now being my age yeah I need something more. I need something yeah. different. I need to have that relationship where I know what I know what I know. Yeah. You know, and that was good for when I was growing up. But as a grown woman, yeah. I need this you level need of faith. More right. needs, yeah. yeah. Than what yeah. you grew up Than what I grew up with. Yeah. Yeah. Sandra? Yeah. I grew up in a Christian home. Um, yeah. 
My father was the chairman of the deacon board. It was a Baptist church. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Missionary Baptist. Missionary Baptist. Missionary Baptist. Missionary Baptist. Um, lining hymns um, <laughs> my entire life mm -hmm. um, until he transitioned. Um, he was very active in church. And um, my dad was a member of one Baptist church, and my mom was a member of a different Baptist church. Oh. And she was a church secretary. Okay. So my brothers and I, we never missed a church service. Either we were going with daddy to church mm -hmm. or we were going with mom to church. But um, our faith, I remember both of my parents having a strong faith in God. Yeah. 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 Georgette? Yes, I grew up in church as well. But I have to tell you all a funny story. <laughs> Please. Because um, <laughs> I grew up with a single mom. So I live in a house with my mom and my grandmother okay. and my grandfather and some uncles and some aunts. Okay. okay. All us in one house. And my mother was a Baptist. My grandmother was a Methodist. Okay. So I, too, was going in different churches. And plus, my aunt, my mother's sister, was a holiness. So I was in oh, all wow. three of those Ooh. churches. Yeah. All, yeah. yeah. But um, the funny thing is, when I was eight, and I saw everybody getting baptized and stuff, so I told my mom, I said, well, I want to do that, too. I want to get baptized. not Because I wanted to put on the cute little white dress. And they uh -huh. put on the little white dress yeah. and, and everything. I said, I want to do that. And my grandmother looked at my mother and said, that girl don't need to be baptized yet. She's going to go in a dry devil and come out a wet devil. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> she sure did. I heard that before. Yeah. Yeah. I heard that before. I was like, oh, my God. Yeah. Wow. Well, I didn't, my mama didn't care. I still put on my little cute little white dress. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and my mama had me baptized yes. at eight years old. Yes. <laughs> yeah. But so, yeah, I was surrounded by... Um, faithful women. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. It was mostly the women in our family that were strong black women and strong in their faith. Mm -hmm. And so that's how I went to all those different churches. And yep. so I was learning all different kind of religion. You know, you're real quiet in the Methodist church. Yes. Like, you know, that was boring. Can't do nothing in the holiness Can't, church. In the holiness church, oh no, you know, I had to learn to run. I'm looking at the people running around <laughs> and, you know, that was just, yeah, that was, that was something. Yeah. 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 Black women in faith. Yeah. Just listening, you know, praying mama, praying mm -hmm. aunts, praying mm -hmm. mother, praying grandmother, yeah. mm -hmm. you know, praying mom, praying mom, mm -hmm. dad, dad. Grandmother was dad. a Catholic. Yeah. Same for me. I grew up Prosperity Missionary Baptist Church <laughs> in the country. I'm a country girl straight out of the country. And, um, you know, I just still remember, I feel like, I personally feel like my dad was the foundation of our faith and our family. I remember just growing up as a little girl, always seeing him at the dining room table with his Bible, and he would be, you know, just reading his word, or he would be in his recliner just reading his word, and something about that just made me want to know God. Mm -hmm. and he would always say when people would do things, he was like, no. He said, just be kind to them and just heap coals over their head. Yes, just it. heap coals. Yes. He said in the word. Yes. Yep. Oh. He, he yes. handled yes. it with this word of God. Yep. And he yeah. used to just say that, you know. And so I remember as little girls, me and my sisters, we would go into our bedroom, y'all, and we would have full-on church. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We'd always switch up. One was a preacher, one was the choir, and one was the um, uh, I can't. I think it was usher board uh -huh. or uh, and you was the congregation. You was the congregation, right? And y'all, 
I'm telling y'all, as little girls, the spirit of the Lord mm -hmm. would come in that room. Yes. Mm -hmm. It would come in that room. And when me and my sisters talk about it now as grown women, we would be like, we, we think about that now. We were like, God was in the midst of us as young girls honoring yes. our little praise. Uh -huh. yes. yeah. You know, from mm -hmm. those little pure hearts of little girls, yes. you know, just watching what we saw going on in our church. So, yes, I, too, grew up in a home where, you know, faith was important. Relationship with Christ was important. Mm -hmm. um, I grew up missionary Baptist. Now I'm non-denominational, right. you know, just because I think that that just suits me better. I don't really want to aspire to a bunch of traditions. Right. I really just want to be in relationship. Exactly. Mm -hmm. relationship That's kind of where I am with it. So for yourself, now we all talked about how we just grew up in Christian faith built homes. When did your personal faith walk begin though? Like, do y'all remember that? Can y'all pinpoint a time when you can say, okay, this is when my walk transferred from mom and dad to now is my walk. I would say in 1983. Mm. Um, you just heard I said I was raised in a Christian home. Yes. I got pregnant at the age of 16. Mm. Mm. And I had to tell a uh, chairman of the Deacon Boy Daddy mm -hmm. and a church secretary mama. Mm -hmm. And I was the Sunday school secretary. Mm. I needed to know God for myself. You did? Yeah. You did? And that's when my personal relationship with God was established. Yeah. And it's crazy because I told you guys that I was... Um, found out I was cancer free on December 31st. Yeah. I had my daughter December 31st. Mm. Mm. Wow. Mm. And at 16, my parents left me in the hospital to go to church mm. with my newborn baby. Mm. And it was, I had to know God for myself. Yeah. From that point on. From that point on. Yeah. Yeah. Takesha. So, um, truthfully, well, you had to reframe it for me, so I had to think about it a little deeper. Um, I think it was when I was a teenager, kind of right around the time when my parents were going through a divorce, mm -hmm. um, because there was a lot going on. I had, uh, my brother was into some things, and that kind of took my parents' attention, and I just had to, I, I needed a happy place, and my happy places were school and church, because mm -hmm. I love singing, I love the way singing made me feel, feel. Um, I didn't really didn't know what the Holy Spirit was at that time. Right, like you see the people shouting and falling out in church, <laughs> and uh, my mom was—we were kind of moving between the Baptist church and the Holiness church, and the Baptist people didn't speak in tongues, but the Holiness people did, and it was a lot. And I had to like figure out what was right. going on, but I knew that there was something that when I sang and when I praised dance, it made me warm and tingly inside, and I just wanted to keep mm. doing it and doing mm. it and doing it. Yeah, and that's all I wanted to do. Nothing else made me happier than science. And praise dancing and singing. <laughs> so being right around that teenage space when my parents were going through their divorce, I think that's really when I leaned in. And showed teen, our teen Bible study and uh, vacation Bible school was really helpful. Um, and just, just those praise dance ministries. Like, I'll never forget our praise dance leader. She would yell as we were practicing. She'd be like, you got to feel it. You got to feel it. I was like, well, I don't know what the it I'm supposed to feel. Like, like, my skin is, my, my skin is tightening and my hair is raising and I just, uh, so I feel it. So yeah. that's it. Yeah. 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 That's it. That's yeah. it. That's um, it. Yeah. Um. I don't remember a time, y'all, honestly, except for when I got older and life's disappointment started to seep mm -hmm. in and mm -hmm. doubt started to take uh, up space. 
did I not have a relationship with God? I, I remember like from like, I feel like those young times of me and my sisters having church, he was always with me. He yeah. was always guiding me. And I would know when I disappointed him. And I just knew that he made me, um, he made me a person that spoke up like, and I've learned that about my life as I have lived. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I've always felt him. Like I said, I just, you know, as Dion said, which we're going to talk about in just a second, disappointments in life have caused me to doubt him and to question him. But, you know, I, I, I think it might have been, I can't remember what minister I heard say this, but just talked about how you have to remember uh, what God has done for you. When the enemy tries to attack you, you have to go back and recall mm-hmm. what God has done done for you and brought you through Right. Mm-hmm. that, you know, kind of brings me back. But from a young girl, I do remember him, and I did sing in the choir too, and I did have those moments where, you know, we would be up in that choir singing, and I felt the presence of the Lord as a kid, mm-hmm. you know, and um, it's just a beautiful thing. You know, it's a beautiful thing to be young and know God is yeah. real yes. from a young yeah, age. From a young age. Mm-hmm. And yes. I think about this generation and how so many kids, I, I wonder if they know God like that. Are they being raised in that type of situation because, it stays with you. You know, when it says uh, raise a child up in the way that he should go and right. they, when they're old, they will not depart from it. Right. You might get out here and catch out for a little bit, mm-hmm. but you coming but you're back. Come back. You're yeah. coming back, mm-hmm. you know, and I think that's just, I mean, it's the word, so you know it's real. It can't, it can't be void. It, it can't not do what it said it's supposed to do, but I just, you know, I remember that, and I'm, I'm so appreciative of that. Uh, this is my question along the way. Because, you know, we're all women of a certain age, except for Takesha. Mm-hmm. No, baby. We don't, we don't, you don't no, get baby. the, you don't even get the woman of a certain age title to be turned 40. Amen. Yeah. You got to get in your 40s right now. So yeah, you're, just, you're, the you're the baby. The baby. But we dearly love the baby. Yes, yes we do. We know we yeah. do. Yes, we do. Um, along the way, has anything happened that's caused you to lose or doubt your faith? And Dion, I'm gonna start with you since you you was gonna open it up. I'm gonna <laughs> let you get us going. Um, yeah, you know, I would have to say, you know, God, you know, I've I've seen him. This is the thing that makes me mad with myself. Mm-hmm. Okay, because I've seen him. You can't tell me what God can do. My husband has somebody else's lungs in his body. Mm-hmm. He almost died five times. So. I get mad at myself because how dare I doubt mm-hmm. God. But when life happens, March of 2019, and I'm like, what in the world just happened? Mm-hmm. And I realized when I said I don't, I, did, I, I doubted God in a way like, God, how are you going to fix this? Mm-hmm. Now, you're the same God that saved his life. You're the same God that saved both my daughter's life. Mm-hmm. You're the same God that did this. But how are you going to fix this? Mm-hmm. And I get angry at myself because I put God in a small little box. Mm-hmm. You know, I put God in a small little box, and I knew he was there, and I put him in a back burner. I put marriage, children, being somebody's wife, being somebody's mama, being somebody's employee, being somebody's this, being somebody's that, being somebody's this, all ahead of God. Mm-hmm. And when life happens, I couldn't deal with it. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm doing everything Mm -hmm. that you've asked me to do. And you do this, this. Mm. Mm. Been there. You know, (laughs) this. And people, I've had people who had strong faith say, you can't talk to God like that. 
well, who else I'm going to talk to? Is he the only one I can answer right. it? Yeah. He know you're thinking he anyway. Right. I'm thinking it anyway. Yeah. I'm so thinking you, go, it, you might as well go ahead and ask him, yeah. how can you do this at this stage? Mm-hmm. Do you even hear me? Mm-hmm. And I remember it was a rough morning as I was doubting him. Oh, my God, I was doubting him. And I said, I want my girls wanted to do a Daniel fast. And I said, God, I don't even know if I'm supposed to be doing this. I don't even know if you want me to pray for this. I don't even know if you want me in this. Mm-hmm. I need some direction. I need to know that I'm doing what you want me to do. Mm-hmm. As soon as I said that, I got a text message. And you said, Miss Georgette said, God told me to tell you that he loves you and you're doing exactly what he wants you to do. Mm. Mm-hmm. Georgette will send them once you There's no She'll way. She'll put you a text message out to me. <laughs> <laughs> at a key moment. <laughs> yes. And I said, I yes. looked in that bathroom mirror and I said, there's no way anybody mm-hmm. would have known I just mm-hmm. asked him that. Mm-hmm. And I said, he had to send it through her. Yeah. He had to send it through her. He'll send you around. He'll yes, send he you will. around. He'll in the send bush. you around. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that was the moment in that space and time that you lost it. What brought you back, Dion? What brought me back was that text message. Mm. And then when she said somebody, She being she being Sandra. Mm-hmm. She said somebody's always watching. And I realized the somebody who's always watching are my girls. Yeah. So what were they going to see? Were they going to see their mom broken? Mm. Or were they going to see their mom praising this God that she's taught them to praise? Yeah. Yeah. And I had to be mindful. God had to remind me of who I was. And I remember we were in, we were in, uh, class and you we had, to, we had to say who we were oh yeah mm-hmm. we had to we had to reintroduce ourselves, ourselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. we had to reintroduce ourselves <sighs> and i so remember smart. just I saying <laughs> who i was and god had to remind me who i was but well, most importantly he had to remind me whose i was yes mm. sandra tell me about a time that you lost your faith. Now we talking to a woman, I just asked a, the, a question to a woman who just got a cancer diagnosis that she was cancer completely free after getting a diagnosis that you probably wasn't going to be live, be right. around here much longer. And we talked about how at that time your faith was on a million. Right. And then life happens. Right. And how soon, and we always, and we know it, mm-hmm. but life still happens and we, it causes us to doubt or causes right. us to question so would you say there has been a moment that you've completely lost faith or your faith was just at an all-time low since then? And how did you get it back? I have not lost faith. Mm-hmm. I've questioned God about some things that he's allowed to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say when my mom got sick, mm-hmm. I questioned God, mm-hmm. you know, why is she going through what she's going through? Yeah. Because I know you're a healer. Mm-hmm. And you could have allowed it to happen. Okay, um, July the 3rd, mm-hmm. she fell, fractured her foot, um, and it's been going through ever since. Yeah. So we are looking at from July up until now. And I'm like, God, you could have healed her July the 4th. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You could have allowed her not to fracture her foot. Mm-hmm. So it didn't 
make my faith stopped, but I just questioned. Mm -hmm. And God had to let me know that it's her journey. Because your faith was applied because to you. my faith was to me. Yep. Mm -hmm. This is her relationship with him. Mm -hmm. So when things happen, I have to put it in a place of, is this my assignment or is it God's assignment that she's going through? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I haven't lost faith, but I've questioned things that God has allowed to happen since I've been cancer-free. And what, brought, what brings you back is his responses because to you and... Yeah. Yeah. And and knowing that he's God. Mm. Yeah. I mean, so we're going to question, mm -hmm. but he's still God. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Are we going to believe that he's God no matter what we go through? Because he has already walked the, the things that we're going through. Mm -hmm. He's prepared us for it. So what he wants us to do is acknowledge him and trust him. Mm -hmm. So we're all going to have those times in our life when we're going to have a faith moment test, yep. mm -hmm. a yep. question of, but we're not going to lose our faith. We're going to question him in the faith process. Yeah. And we're just going to trust him. So yeah, I, I've questioned him a whole lot. Yeah. Yeah. Takesha. Um, I think something that made me back up from God and maybe even the church is church people. Mm. Um, mm -hmm. I don't like them. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I remember, um, during my parents' divorce, my mom decided that I needed to go to church with her mm -hmm. uh, because in the divorce process, both of my parents shifted church, and I stayed at our home church. And my mom said, well, until you're of age, I'm responsible for your spiritual growth, and that means you're coming to church with me, Yeah, which means she removed me from everything I knew, all of my friends, mm -hmm. just all, all of the things that kept me saying I no longer had, and I had to go with her. And so, you know, I, I'd always been taught that obedience is better than sacrifice. So I was like, well, I better go and shut up. <laughs> but in the back of my mind, I'm plotting. I was like, all right, I turned 16. I'm going to get my driver's license. Or even if I still have my permit, I'm going to take the car and I'm going to go to church where I want to go because that's what I want to do. And she's like, no, you're not. You're going to come here. You're going to serve. You're going to do what I, what I told you to do. But I watched her go through things in ministry um, from leaders and other people, just manipulation, control, mm -hmm. uh, negative attitudes from people. And then I started to see my own friendship shift, like the church people, the people that I grew up with, who mm -hmm. are my friends, who are even some family members, just things just started shifting and it became clicky. There's competition in ministry. And mm -hmm. I was like, well, if we're all supposed to be here for God, mm -hmm. what y'all doing? Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't right. know what's happening here. And yeah. I felt like the innocence of everything that was to be a believer, I just didn't see and it made me not want to go to church. Yeah. Um, and so for a while, I think maybe maybe late 20s specifically, like I was doing online church and my parents hated it. Yeah. They were upset. But I was like, God, I like you, but I don't like your people. Yeah. Right. And you need to go check on them because I'm fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. The rest of those crazies that you made, you need yeah. to figure out. But it just really made me, it made me not want to sing. It made me not want to do anything. Just go to church, sit down and leave. Like I don't need to even say nothing to my neighbor like please pastor just preach don't ask me to turn to say nothing to my neighbor because i don't want to talk to this person um and for me it made me shift because it's like all right now everybody can't have a problem so what did you do so mm -hmm. you got some things that you need to figure out. But at the end of the day, church is bigger than those relationships. Right. Yeah. Like it's bigger yeah. than I belong to this church and this is yeah. how we do things and this is mm -hmm. this is our life. It's yeah, you belong to this church, but ultimately you belong to God. Exactly. And you gotta refocus yep. on that relationship. And so mm -hmm. I think that's the, the, the main thing there. It's uh 
it's the anger and feeling when the veil comes off at church, ain't it? When it's the when the veil of who people are and how you realize that church is still people that's just made up from the world too, mm-hmm. and they bring their world stuff right on into the right. Lord's yeah. house just mm-hmm. like everybody yeah, else. Like everybody yeah. else, yes. Yeah. It was heartbreaking. It's very heartbreaking. Yeah. Yeah. Like everybody else can be messed up, but not y'all. Hey, queens and kings, that's a great place to stop for this episode, part one, Black Women and Faith. We'll be back next week with part two and these three things. And remember, you can now listen to these three things podcast on iHeartRadio and Pandora.